HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Firesider, a health tonic based on the traditional New England cure-all of raw apple cider vinegar and honey. For more information, visit Firesider.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil the rhythm and blues that's him. It's gonna get you some in the air. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. And I just want to say that this is a it's a very nice day today. Um, getting started right by getting started right, and uh, my guest today is uh, no stranger to the show. Actually, well, it's been uh, a year and a couple of weeks, just uh, over a year since I was here. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, I'd like to welcome back my good buddy Southern Teague. Welcome back, man, dude. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, you've been you've been running around a lot lately, uh, so I'm, I'm, I, I know you almost uh, you almost missed the show today uh, by way of uh, a delayed flight. That's right. I just flew in from Atlanta. Boy, are my arms tired. God damn it! I was hoping you weren't going <laughs> to use that joke, but Jesus Christ! All right. Okay. Well, I, yeah. All right. So much for getting off to a good start. <laughs> uh, come on. Now. So wait, what were you doing in Atlanta, man? Um, so my bar, Amoria Margo, in the East Village of New York, um, we're doing what we call AYA Goes South, Amoria Margo Goes South, and it's a tour of southern cities where we go down and we take over a bar for the night, and then we do a USBG meeting the day after where I give a, a talk about you know some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, bitters, uh, Amaro, um, and uh, it's been wildly successful. Last night was the fourth city. Um, we have one more to go that's um, confirmed, but then now we've been asked to do AYA Goes West. So looking towards California and Texas next. Awesome. So yeah, we've done Charleston uh, at a bar called Proof, which was the kickoff, and it was amazing. That town is amazing. That the, the sort of cocktail culture that's going on there is still burgeoning, but it's taking off. People are really into it. and very. That's the other thing. We're going to these smaller market cities, frankly, because we want to bring our bar and our ethos to the people, you know, my bar, you've been there many times, it's, it's tiny, um, and mm-hmm. it's, it's packed all the time, and, and it's in New York, and if you don't live in New York, it's hard to get to, and if you do live in New York, it's hard to get in, 
So yeah. we're taking the bar to the people. Uh, we're doing these pop-ups in bars that are much larger than my bar, um, and this being super well received. So we did Charleston, then we went down to Tampa for Repeal Day and did our pop-up at uh, the Mandarin Hyde over in St. Petersburg. Um, then we did uh, Nashville, uh, and then last night we did uh, Atlanta, which is a town that I used to live in. So that was fun to kind of revisit. Yeah, I heard it was a. Uh wildly yeah this was out. the most successful one yeah sold out is a weird word but that's the word we put on it because we don't sell tickets or anything like that we just announced that we're coming you know a couple weeks in advance and we come down and set up and, and just rock it out the atlanta show if you want to call it that um we sold out of 100 percent of our product in one hour and 45 minutes of what was supposed to be a four-hour takeover that's fucking crazy um, yeah. we opened the doors to around uh well before we opened the doors friends of the bar it was a bar called sos uh currently occupies the space it's a tiki bar um occupies the space that used to be a place called paper plane um so uh, it's brand new it's only about three months old and <clears throat> before we even opened the doors like friends of sos were already in the bar about 20 of them and then, you know, we're setting up and getting ready, and 8 o'clock is sort of go time. We open the doors, about 70 more people waiting outside, so about 90 people attacked us right away. Um, and then, uh, yeah, an hour and 45 minutes in, we were completely out of product. Spon- all this is sponsored by Fratelli Branca, so it's Fernet Branca, Carpano Atica. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Punta Mez, like a lot of great stuff on the menu that we can use and stuff that we use in the house at Amore Margo anyway, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm really humbled and uh, uh, kind of overwhelmed sometimes at the response that we're getting because, you know, what we do at Amori Margo, uh, I'm going to give the, the listener kind of a thumbnail of what we do. It's it's really unique, <clears throat> and I think every everybody who owns a, a bar says that about their bar, but uh, I'm going I'm to prove it. Um, you know, we don't use any sugar, we don't use any juice, and we don't shake any drinks. Um, my bar means love and bitters, Amori Margo. I've got about 200, maybe closer to 225 tincture bitters on the bar. I'm pushing the, uh, the envelope of about 110 potable bitters, like some of the ones we're going to taste here today. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I do all this in a, in a 240-square-foot room, and we just, we just destroy it every night, even though, you know, we don't have all the things that other bars have. We don't use sugar. We don't use juice. We don't shake any drinks. It's really unique. So to have people come out, it's, I mean, it's, frankly, it's pretty humbling and, and a powerful way that people are really you know we we're going to be five years old in march yeah we had no expectation of going this long we we in fact started the place as as a pop-up yeah it's uh, yeah i remember that and it's like such a fucking wild idea man and like <laughs> like incredibly wild and it's i mean i i love the place obviously like you Thank said you. before i've been there uh, quite a bit at least once yeah at least at least <laughs> once um, but it is amazing to see that there is a market for a place like this. And speaking of that, I mean, like in your travels now, like with these, with the AYA, AYA goes south, AYA goes west. Have you seen any other, like you said, you know, it's a very unique idea. Have you seen anyone else trying to like do something similar to this like i mean similar no no one's gone you know i can't remember the movie but you know no one's gone full retard no one's no one's like putting all the chips on the table for something like this now lots of bars have taken on many more amaro slash amari it's the plural um and many more bitters and and are you know sliding down that that's what i consider a slippery slope to more spirit forward and stirred drinks but no one's gone as far as to say you know what yeah we're gonna pull juice no juice 
We're going to pull sugar. We're not going to use sugar in the drinks at this bar. Um, I don't know that the public is 100% ready for that. And I feel, again... You but know, it seems like it seems like there, there's absolutely a market for it. Because yeah, they're like, coming out, and they're coming out in droves. Um, you know, but I feel lucky that I'm in New York City. Um, I'm, I'm surrounded by all of the best cocktail bars in New York City. Uh, you, know, you literally are. Because I, I'm you're nine right doors there. down from Death & Company. I'm, I'm you know, just around the corner from PDT. I'm, I'm close to Nightcap and... Evelyn Drinkery and Summit and Third Man and, uh, you know, Angel's Share and Bar Goto, which just opened and I think is the most beautiful bar in New York yeah. City right now, with the exception, of course, of Grand Army. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maya Wells down the street. Maya I mean, Wells on the street with us. Yeah. It's just uh, pouring it, ribbons. I mean, you're in the thick of it, man. Right. So, like, that makes it kind of easy for me because, you know, it's a thing now. People people travel to drink. You know, it's been a thing for decades that people, you know, go touring and, and eat food. But now cocktail you know, and I don't use this in any derogatory sense, but cocktail nerds, they travel to drink. And so they come to the neighborhood and they go to all these great places. And I'm one of them, thankfully. I don't, I'm not saying I'm great, but I'm just saying I'm one of the places. And so, you know, they come in and they have their one or two drinks with me and then they move on. And, and there's a constant swirl of that happening. So I'm really lucky. I'm also lucky that I feel like in New York City, we're so densely populated. I could open a bar that sold broken glass and rusty nails. And there's at least enough people who would like that, that I'd be in business. You mean right. rusty nails in, in broken glasses? <laughs> yes. Like scotch and drambuie and broken glass? I meant more just actual rusty nails and <laughs> broken glass. Um, Come on. I, I saw the opportunity. Yeah, I like it. I had to take it. Um, so I feel like, you know, in New York, you've got such a populace that you could you could come up with any concept. And as long as you, you know, spun it right and, and, and sold it's, it. It's very fortunate. There's enough people here that will support it. Sure. Now, is that true of all these smaller markets? Man, going down there and seeing the turnout that comes. But now, don't forget, this turnout is for a one-off event. Would sure. there be enough to support it on a daily basis? Is there enough product? You know, like long ago, one of the first, I guess, pop-ups that we did for Amore Margo was in Richmond, Virginia. And we went, it's just, uh, um, what's it called again? State run, you know, it's state control. Oh, yeah, yeah. Liquor, liquor authority, whatever. It's, it's state, state run. And so they don't have as much choices of things. Um, and we went down there to do our little pop-up and, you know, one of the drinks on the menu that's been on the menu since the day we opened is the eight Amaro Sazerac, a, a Sazerac build with eight different Amari in it, two different types of bitters, and a glass rinse with chartreuse. Delicious. Um, the, the whole state of Virginia only only receives eight Amaro. Wow. And not the eight that were in that drink. So we had to literally bring everything with us cross to, that, state. to that one. <laughs> you drove down across state oh, lines? Oh, sure, man. Bootlegging. <clears throat> Hell yeah, man. Bootlegging modern style. Um yeah, we just had to bring everything with us and do it, and and you know make nice with the people. Um, now again, that that was that was literally within the first year of Amore being open, we got invited down there. But now we're at this place where we go go to places and they have more. Uh, I think it's because of uh, you know us banging on the drum and getting people interested. And so you know, it's weird to think about the the first rule of economics being you know supply and demand, and you usually think of it the opposite way. But in this regard, we have to think of it as we have to create a demand. So that there will be a supply. Right. Sure. We have to demand that we want this product so that someone will eventually supply it to us. Yeah. Um, and, and it's happening. It's happening here in New York and it's happening in all these cities that I've gone to. It's been much easier this time around um, to go into places and be like, tweak our menu and work it based on what they have. But the, it's not like literally opening up the cupboards and seeing, you know, a crust of bread and a piece of cheese. But it, there's, some, there's some stuff in there. Yeah. But I, th I feel like with you having this, well, what to me is the... Like when I go to Keen's, uh, Keen's Steakhouse, love it. Mutton. It's like, dude, yeah, get the mutton chop, <laughs> totally. <laughs> right. But like, I'm like, I can get any 
any scotch under the sun, stars, moon in that place. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like they just, I feel like it must be just amazing being like the buyer for that place. Like anyone who comes in, like a whiskey rep, yep, I'll take it. Don't even have to sell me on it. I'll yeah. just buy it. Yeah, I've got multiple kind of, bars in here. I'm going to need at least 12 bottles just to start. So yeah, exactly. just do it. <laughs> Pull but, the trigger. But you guys have, <clears throat> a, a, in the same way, you have like every bitter that's available pretty much. Almost. I mean. And I can tell you how there's a few that escape my grasp. And um, it sucks because I want to have them all. Um, not because I particularly like them all. I love all, a lot of them. But, of course, there are some that I keep on the shelf as an example of what's not good, you know, so I can pour something on people. I'm not going to name any names on, on air. But, like, if you come to my bar, there are things I can pour you that be like, mm, this is sort of not a great example. Um, I mean, that's the same with but any that's, place. That's, that's the same that's, of whiskey. That's, that's the same uh, with tequila. You can have, but that's also your opinion, too. Of course. It's all subjective. There, there are things, you know, I like myself as a bartender, there are certain things that people like that yeah. I, I stock, and I'm just like, this is fucking awful. I, I, I right, never yeah. drink this, but this is for you. Not sure, me. of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't have to drink. <laughs> right, but but then you know, beyond that, uh, and then by the way, that's not a reason. I I get everything that's available. Sure, with a few exceptions, and those exceptions are unfortunate for me, and it's a, it's financial. My bar is really tiny, two hundred and forty square feet total. I do have some back storage, but not a whole lot. Um, and there are a couple of Amari that are available through. A distributor or two here and there, really small distributors, mm-hmm. and only carry the yeah. one thing that I want. They have a case, case minimum, minimum or yeah. cost minimum that I can't afford to either spend or hold on to. I got no sure. room to put that case of stuff that's probably going to move pretty slowly. So those are the only ones that I'm missing. And I think right now that's like literally four. There's like four bottles that I'd like to have on the bar that are available that I don't have. Just put it in Austin Henley's closet or something. <laughs> yeah, keep it at his house. <laughs> Speaking of uh, keeping cases of, uh, of booze in your house, I'd love to talk to you about your oh. recent acquisition when we get back from this break sure. of the uh, very, very rare old whiskey that you just came across. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's take we, a quick break and let's talk about that, man. We can talk about that and we can talk about the true definition of alcoholism. <laughs> All right. I can't wait to hear it and finally realize what that is um, by definition. Uh, Let's get back to it in a moment. We'll be talking with Southern Teague on Speakeasy. Take a quick break. Today's program was brought to you by Fire Cider. Did your grandmother ever tell you to drink raw apple cider vinegar? It's good advice, and more common than you may think. For generations of New Englanders, a tot of vinegar was a morning ritual. Taken daily, a tablespoon of unfiltered apple cider vinegar can help support immune function and digestive functions. To the base of certified organic apple cider vinegar, Fire Cider added whole, raw, certified organic oranges, lemons, onions, ginger, horseradish, habanero pepper, garlic, and turmeric. They let this mixture steep for six weeks at room temperature to preserve the living vinegar culture and delicate flavors of the ingredients. Lastly, they blend a generous helping of raw wildflower honey into the mix. The result is potent but balanced, offering layers of sweet, tart, and spice. Fire cider tastes great on its own or as an addition to tea, juice, or salad. 
Firesider ships direct from their online store and is available at over 500 locations nationwide. Use their store locator to find one near you and ask for a free sample. For more information, visit Firesider.com. And we are back. You're listening to Speakeasy, and we have Southern Teague in the studio right now. And we were just talking about some uh, some different bitter spirits. And actually, during the break, we just took a sip of this really amazing uh, product by uh, <clears throat> Distillery of Vernelli. Um, Vernelli is a really cool distillery. They make some wild stuff, and this one is... They make... Really Some really great stuff. Um, the three that we deal with the most at Amori Margo are the one that's here on the table for us today. It's called Fantasia Punch. Um, super unique in that it's got these big bursting notes of like toffee and butterscotch, but neither in a sweet sense. So like bitter toffee, bitter butterscotch, and then this kind of funky aroma that reminds me a lot of rum. Yeah. Um, so in fact, today when we get done here, we're going to totter over to your place and I'm going to make some drinks using this and rum. Uh, basically an old-fashioned style cocktail with overproof rum, aged rum, and this Which I got to enjoy last week. Yeah. Uh, with a bit of lime bitters. So it's got this yeah. kind of like groggy, noggy effect on the rum uh, without any of the cream or juice or eggs or any of those other groggy, noggy ingredients. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I got another one here we'll taste next. Um, one of my favorites, Amaro Montenegro, which I'm going to use in a cocktail over at your spot tonight as well. Mara Montenegro was great for, I kind of use this as one of my sort of, you know, intro to um, Amaro. Um, it's it's super lush. It's got big bursts of orange blossom, bitter orange. It's a, uh, a gentian bitter, so gentian's a flower. So it's got this really floral center, and then the back part of it is all wet vegetables like cucumber and celery. So kind of a cocktail already, which I'm... I, I, I'm pretty famous for saying that about most of Mari. They, they already are a cocktail. Yeah. Um, then, well, we, then we sort of force them into cocktails as well, which is kind of weird. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> like, take my of... Manhattan and pour it into something else with other things and make a cocktail using the Manhattan. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> that's that's been an argument for a long time with most distilleries. I mean, most distillers, they're like, I worked really hard on like mixing yeah, no, these ingredients and then aging it this way and finishing it in this barrel and what are you doing with it yeah lime juice and sugar shake it up <laughs> um yeah no it's my considered opinion that that no one anywhere put anything in a bottle and said to themselves I, i've done it i've I, this will go great with other stuff yeah <laughs> you know they, they, they say I, i'm i'm finished here please enjoy um yeah. so anyway we're gonna taste uh some barnelli punch we're already tasting we're gonna taste some montenegro you wanted me to tell you what the true definition of alcoholism was <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we could we can talk about Ramazzotti. I just learned tasting. it. I just learned it myself <laughs> the hard way. <laughs> yeah, um, because uh, I, I think I am one. Yeah, um, I mean, you. you uh, we were talking last week, and you you explained that to me, and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. All right. So let it rip, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you a little story about what happened, and then we'll come to that definition at the end organically, as I did um, <laughs> when I looked in the mirror and at my bank account. Um, so I, I'm sort of, I guess, weirdly known for being a drinker of old overhaul rye whiskey. It's, it's kind of my, my favorite rye whiskey and didn't ever plan to, but someone approached me once with an old bottle of old overhaul. Um, the first one I got, I think was 1944, um, expression and it was expensive, but I bought it and I drank it pretty much right away. 
Like I didn't. I, 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 there's a part of me that feels a little weird and almost angry that those bottles still exist. Someone should have drank them already. They were made to be drank. Um, See, but that's, then, that's that's another show but, to talk. But that, then there's the part of me that's selfish and is like, fuck yeah, I get to drink this. <laughs> yeah, I'm super psyched, um, and I share it. I, I've never opened a single one of these bottles that I've purchased now many of in the in the past few years. Um, I share them all. Uh, I want people to enjoy them with me. I think that's why people make spirits. It's camaraderie. It's communal. It's all those things that we love, and that's why we're in this business. We want to share stuff with people. Sure. That's why you're doing this radio show. You want to share with more Absolutely. people than I can fit in my bar, or your bar combined, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, I got this reputation, and then suddenly, for the first time ever, so I bought you know several bottles over time, a couple bottles here, a couple bottles there, different years that people find, and they send me or they send me information about it, and I, I judge whether I want to purchase it or not, and almost every time I do. A lady from Christie's, the auction house, swung into Amori Margo um, to let me know that there was an auction of a, a lot of, uh, a lot as in a, a lot, not a great amount, but there was a great amount, 52 cases total, from ranging from 1904 to 1912, so all pre-prohibition juice um, in fairly pristine condition, um, and she brought a bottle of 1909 and let me taste some, and then said, we're doing the auction on Saturday. <laughs> And so I went for the first time ever to Christie's Auction House, where they give you the little white paddle. It's very, very intimidating. Uh, and I bid um, with my buddy Max. We went in on it together because I didn't have the money to do it myself. And we bought a case of 1909, the same juice that she let me taste. That was just by accident. We were trying to bid in on, on the earlier stuff as well as some of the later stuff. But the only one we won was this one because there was a bidder on the phone from China who spent a little over a quarter of a million dollars that day. Um, but we spent well more than we could afford to spend on alcohol. And I think that's the definition of an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. Um, just to put it into perspective, I spent <clears throat> I spent almost my year's rent in New York City on 12 bottles of whiskey that I'm sharing with a guy, so six bottles. <laughs> you are I'm an alcoholic. alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Cha-ching! <laughs> Speaking Damn. of alcoholism, let's pour some... <laughs> let's pour some Amaro Montenegro, the one I just <laughs> talked to you about. Um... Monty's got a... Oh, my God. Southern, you're crazy, man. Monty, yeah. It's um, good to have you back in the studio. Yeah, yeah. That's for sure. Well, so, oh, oh, understand this, too. So, um, I guess I could say this on the radio. Maybe it'll help my cause. Um, I have to sell some of it. Um, I haven't really been advertising it, and I haven't sold any of it yet, even though we picked this uh, case up in uh, in October. Um, I have one bottle on display at Amori Margo just to get people to talk about it, but I would, I would never sell it there. Um, it's just there to, you know, rattle people's cage. Uh, but Max and I decided we weren't going to open any of the bottles until we sell several of them so that it makes sense. We have to sell half. Sure. Six of them. sure. So we're going to sell six of them so that it makes sense that we bought what we bought. Um, but once those six sell, we'll be opening. I'll be opening a bottle probably that day. Um, you're certainly invited to come. A bunch of friends come and hey, hang out every time. Your guests, your recent guests, actually. Dave Wondrich has sat in uh, with Robert O'Simonson and had some whiskey with me. and It's a lot of fun. Uh, so you're certainly invited. I would love to do that. Actually, you know what? I'll take one of those bottles. Oh, well, um, big man. Just give me a year to, uh, <laughs> to not pay my the rent. <laughs> well, it's not going to cost that, but it's, it's about a month's rent for a bottle. Um, I'll, I'll say it. We're selling them for 2300 um, that makes us a little bit of profit, but we had to go all in and, and kind of go broke for a while to get them. Yeah. Um, I'm frankly kind of just recovering my personal bank account from that endeavor. I'll sell a um, guitar or something. I uh, don't know. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. So a little Amaro Montenegro Cheers. to get us back into some alcohol. <laughs> I love Montenegro. This stuff is incredibly 
like like you said, it's like a great intro to uh, bitters in tomorrow. Yeah, it, it it's uh, it's got a pretty floral and again uh, you know so it's floral from the gentian which is the flower that makes it bitter. It's also floral from it's got orange blossom in it so it's got that florality as well as well as you know bitter orange peels. But so it's got this floral aroma. It's got this like really kind of floral and you know again people get intimidated all the time by amaro because the word itself means bitter. Um, but the definition of amaro slash amari is bittersweet liqueur. Um, amaro are always sweetened with something. Um, it's up to the maker. It's it, a lot of it's uh, beet molasses or burnt sugar or caramel or honey. Um, I don't exactly know what Monty is sweetened with. These guys are also super. Um, I don't want to sound mean, but they're all paranoid. They're really paranoid. They're super secretive. Super secretive and really paranoid. They they all think someone's going to go out and make their juice. I mean, um, well, it's been it's it's reasonable that they would feel that way because so many times throughout history people's recipes have been stolen like especially in in i think there's certainly a little bit of reason for them to be uh, uh nervous but i've talked to lots uh, as you might imagine lots and lots of makers of amari and i've begged them frankly to be at least a little bit more giving to your consumer with what's in the bottle i don't need you to give me your your you know weights your and measures yeah. sure <laughs> but at least name the top four notes that i'm going to taste and i can i can have an easier time selling to the consumer you'll have an easier time when it's on just the shelves at the liquor store if it says four notes that are in there like don't be so shy no one's going to go rushing out to make their own Montenegro. these guys have been making this stuff since 1885 in fact yeah. that's their slogan every day since 1885 like yeah. they got it knocked well there's <laughs> you know there's another thing about that which is kind of an interesting point to make um if it has honey in it, then technically uh, it might not be considered vegan. Oh, <laughs> we were talking about this guys, before too. Yeah, yeah. You guys uh, actually uh, within your company. Um, yeah, I'm gonna uh, pour. Oh, you have some beer over there. Pour a little beer in your Monty while we're talking. Um, this is this yeah. is a traditional thing. <laughs> I, yes, sir. Man, <laughs> listen to me. Um, so <laughs> this is what's what's known um, as um, a fleur de beer, right? Um, when you take a maro. Uh, and you put it in your beer. Um, uh, so there's a little Monty in there, and we're drinking delicious. Hey, man, it all makes us inside. Yeah, right. We're drinking belly, delicious beer. You know. So this is like, this is how, uh, in, it's really prevalent in Austria. This is how they drink beer. You just take a little Amaro. Ounce oh, and like, half. like a Mare Picon. Like, picon beer, yeah. Picon beer, yeah. So yeah, it's a Mare beer. Or, yeah. Yeah, Picon being a specific Amaro. Sure, sure. Amaro means the same thing as Amaro. It's just French. Yeah. It means bitter. It's delicious, by the way. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, right. Um, so and that's also you know a, a way to introduce people to Amaro. If they already have a beer in their hand that they like, top them up with a little Amaro and then they'll be on their way. Yeah, Back man. to your vegan thing, though. Yeah, we... Um, you guys recently, I was... My, yeah, my company... Um, you know, I'm I'm just a small piece of this giant wheel. There's 16 uh, places involved, but with one guy kind of in the center of it all. But we opened a, a vegan restaurant recently that's been killing it. Uh, it's called Avant Garden. It's on 7th and A in the East Village. It's a great one, name, by the way. One block away. <laughs> really, I made fun of the name. Uh, when Robbie told me the name, I, I thought he was kidding. And I, my immediate response was, why don't you just call it Garden of Eaton? Get it eaten. And he was like, no, it's Avant Garden. It's like really stone face, very serious. Oh, 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 you were... Oh, gotcha. Yeah, sorry. Um, but it's killing it. You know, I, I I think I may have even been a little bit of a naysayer of the place, but I've eaten there twice. It's delicious. Um, they're packed all the time. So now what we're doing is we're taking one of our newest venues, which is literally shares the kitchen with Amori Margo. Um, it's called Mother of Pearl. Which uh, Jane and, and uh, Austin were on. Yeah, yeah. Jane Danger, Austin Henley. Um, and we're... 
We, we went on Valentine's Day. We went vegan. So no more honey, right? So they can't have Benedictine on the bar, can't have actual honey. No cream, no eggs, no nothing like that on the bar itself. The food still remains, uh, you know, Polynesian-inspired, but now it's all vegan as well. Um, and we're not cracking the egg on this thing. We did, we did our research. Um, there's a bar that just opened in December out in San Diego called Kindred. Uh, the, it's a metal-themed bar that serves actually awesome. weirdly. That serves weirdly a lot of Amaro and a lot of crazy, awesome cocktails, and they're vegan as well. So we're not the first one. It's amazing. Right? You know, these things exist. Like I said, I think in, in a city as dense as New York, whatever it is you can come up with, someone's going to want it. And the fact that our vegan restaurant is so busy and Mother Pearl's only a block away, it's an easy send. Hey, wait, wait around the corner at our vegan cocktail bar while you wait for your vegan dinner. It's awesome. I it mean, seems like, to make sense. I mean, you've got a drink that's served in a, uh, a shark shaped uh, tiki mug so yeah, that, might, that might <laughs> hey, that might hey that might r- ruffle some feathers but uh it's, hey it's still vegan it's non-kill it's non-kill veganism oh you were saying something about that before too how a friend of yours uh a friend of mine talked his girlfriend eating into eating uh i, I grew up in florida um he talked his girlfriend eating jonah crab claws even though she was vegetarian she wasn't vegan but vegetarian I don't know if everybody knows how donut crab claws are done. You pull the crab out of the water and you tear off his largest claw. He only has two, but you throw him back in. He fends for himself with one claw. The other one grows back. And next year, this, the one that was smaller is now bigger. You rip that one off. But it's a no-kill protein that she'll eat. That's amazing. <laughs> That's mind-blowing. Yeah, her, 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 I guess her whole issue was the death of the animal. So we're not killing this guy. Not killing we're just it. harvesting some it's of like his eggs. meat. You're not like... <laughs> We're just harvesting some of his meat. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. Right? Man. Um, another thing we were talking about, actually, um, was uh, something we talked about last time when we saw each other was uh, the uh, the gratuity. Yeah, the situation. movement away from that here, at yeah. least in New York, and maybe maybe it's countrywide. I haven't paid enough attention. I think, I think it's interesting to see the progression of like what's going on with the decision to or not I think it's a really hot topic for debate you know uh, the USHG that's um, uh, is that what it is USHG it's uh, Union Square Hospitality Group yeah that's Danny yeah. Myers company really a stalwart player in the game of hospitality um, and he does it by selling food and drinks and I think that's how I think about it too I don't I do hospitality I do it by selling drinks um, he has decided to over time roll his entire company into a system of non-tipping and it's a topic of hot debate among those who work in the industry, like you and I, those who own, like you and I, um, and operate. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would love to maybe get back on the show with you and someone who's on the, the other side of the fence from me. I'm, I'm, I'm against it, frankly. Um, and, and maybe have a discussion on air. What do you think about that? Yeah, I would love to. I mean, like, as not only as like a, a, someone who works in the industry as a bartender and who's a bar owner... But it's, it's someone who goes out and like I I go out and spend money and I want to go see my friends and I want to tip them well. So it's like uh, to take the gratuity even when I'm in Europe and somehow you're taking I away still, part st- of your experience. I yeah. see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's like ah uh, man, like I, I really want to go out and treat like treat myself, but also treat my friends that I go to see while I'm going out. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I said, like even when I'm in Europe, I know it's kind of they could say. But I still, 
I still tip. <laughs> I still tip, even though it's not supposed to be like. I mean, a thing I have do. so much to say on the topic, um, and I know we're at the end of the show. I would, yeah, really, let's, really let's, love to let's schedule another, another show. show for I, it. I know several folks who work uh, in places that are switching to that, and maybe we could recruit. Let's get a let's get a crew together and let's uh, well, let's it, have a show for at it. least a couple of us. That way, there's you know, I think you and I are on the same page. So if we sit here and talk about it, it's very one sided. I think we should get yeah. We well, we got to get the committee together. Yeah, let's uh, maybe maybe by then I can crack open one of those O nines. <laughs> I would love to have one of those 1909. <laughs> Can you even imagine that show? We get a um, bunch of people in here debating the tip situation over a bottle of 1909 Old Overholt, right? <laughs> I think it's going to be a good. It's going to be a great show. I mean, I have a bottle of 1940 that I've yet to open. Shut the, the fuck up! When I bought, God damn it! You're just bragging at no, this no, point. No, no, <laughs> you know I didn't think of it until I said I would bring it, but I don't know if I'm going to sell those six before the, whatever the show might be planned, and we need to do this show soon because it's a hot topic. Yeah. But I do have a bottle of 1940 that I haven't opened, not for any reason other than I just haven't gotten to it. Um, I bought three of that lot, and I've already drank two, so there's still one standing. Well. Maybe I'll bring that. That'll entice some people to come talk about tips. Nick Bennett. <laughs> Nick Bennett. <laughs> it's his birthday today. Nick Bennett, happy birthday. Oh, it is his birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Nick Bennett. Um, we, we're, we should definitely get him on the show because he's like definitely... He's, he would be a great part of this conversation. Absolutely. Uh, he's a smart guy. Um, I, I have had a brief conversation with him recently um, about this topic, and he says uh, he's totally on board with it. I say I'm totally not. I'd love to sit down and talk to you. You're, All right. you're an intelligent person who's in this field who I respect. I think he feels the same about me and you, and, and maybe we can have an intelligent conversation about it. I don't want to just spout off my view and have no counterpoint. Seems pointless. I mean, we could do it Seems over... Seems counterpointless. <laughs> We'll do it over blue drinks and nineteen forty overholt. I love it. Nick uh, will bring the blue drinks and I'll bring the, the old overholt. Nice. So it's always a great time fucking talk to you, man. It's, yeah. It's, I, I'm really glad to to have you back here in the studio. Thank and you. I'm also very excited to have you at my bar tonight. Yeah. Uh from five Let's to seven. That. Uh everyone that's listening out there, come by to uh Grand Army uh, at three thirty Six State Street, uh, State and Hoyt, in uh, downtown Brooklyn. So there's going to be whipping up some drinks from Amoria Margo's menu. And, you know, actually, what's really cool is um, I, I think we can we can actually pull this off. Last time he was on the show, uh, which was just, just 54 weeks ago, um, <laughs> he said that he, if it, he can recreate any cocktail that they've had, on the Amoria Margo menu, mm-hmm. because the bottles are always there. Right. We don't use anything that doesn't come out of a bottle. So as long as the bottle exists, and some have disappeared, don't forget that. You That's know, true. Bottles disappear through distributorship changes or whatever. But as long as the bottles are on the bar, I can recreate any drink we've ever done at Amoria Margo. And that's part of our ethos. I don't yeah. like it when you walk into a bar and you say, man, I was here last summer and I had this drink. And they say, well, we made this crazy syrup for that drink. We don't make that right. syrup anymore. We can't make that drink. We don't, we don't have that issue anymore. We don't make anything in-house. Everything comes out of a bottle. Yeah. So tonight we're going to make some drinks. One of the three is on the menu currently. One was on the menu, and one has never been on the menu. So 
We're going to use the Varnelli Punch. We're going to use Montenegro. And we didn't get to taste it today, but we're going to use Fernet Branca in the third drink. Um, oh, and we've tasted it. Oh, we've tasted that <laughs> stuff before. Um, it's great with Coca-Cola. Um, <laughs> when you're in Argentina. Yeah. Um, but uh, and, and sort of in the style of Amore Margo, which is we really only make three drinks. We make old fashions, Manhattan's, and Negronis. So, and the variations thereof. So tonight we have one old fashioned, one Manhattan, one Negroni. Totally. And you know what? One bourbon, one shot, one beer. Absolutely. <laughs> one scotch, one beer. Yeah. <laughs> so come by tonight. Uh, five to seven, five right? To seven. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And uh, have some really awesome stirred bitter cocktails with uh, me and Souther and and the whole gang. Um, Thanks again, Souther. It's always a pleasure having you, hey, man. Thank you, buddy. And we'll we'll set up that show to where we can talk about the uh, the gratuity thing. Let's because do it. It's a hot topic, and we need to talk about it. Soon. Can we get phones and have people call in? That'd be crazy. I think we we definitely can. That's what I like. Who has a landline anymore? I don't know. Well, the studio does. We'll give out your phone number. <laughs> Famous phone number is nine one seven. Oh wait, ah! <laughs> no, it's not. It's a it's a, it's a Oklahoma number. <laughs> All right, mine's, That's it mine's for- New Orleans still. It sure is. Yeah. I see it every time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's it for the show this week. Um, come join us at Grand Army tonight at 5 to 7. Uh, and then tune in to Heritage Radio Network for many, many other programs just like this one. Except probably not as fun because we had a blast, right? Yes, sir. All right. Till then, cheers. Cheers, buddy. to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 non-profit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.